This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. Joining me this week is Justin Davis, Scoop. Sam Claiborne, Scoopers. and Casey DeFritas. Scoop. And we've got a great show for you this week. So much to talk about. So many games are out now. We're going to talk about Shadow of the Colossus. We're going to talk a bit more about uh, Xbox Game Pass and the future of DLC. But first, we got to start with what we've been playing because there is so much We're gonna start with to that? play right uh, now. Yeah. You. Dude, there's so many games that are not even, we're not even through January yet. Mm-hmm. And there's Monster Hunter World, there's Shadow of the Colossus, there's Celeste, there's Subnautica. Dragon Ball Fighters. Dragon Ball Fighters. Dissidia. Uh is out, yeah, this week as well. Yeah, yeah doing, there's so much. Uh, but I'll go ahead and start, because I've been playing Monster Hunter World. Uh, hey. And I know that Casey has been playing a lot of that as well. I just started yesterday, uh, for the first time, my first Monster Hunter ever. And I'm enjoying it. And you live, live streamed it today. I live streamed it today. You a bunch killed of a lot of iguanas. Do you have uh, yeah. one of the cat people? Can you play you get as a them. cat person? Or no, no, no. They're like they your. They're, no, they're like your helpers. Your, yeah. I don't want to say servant. No, they're another race of sentient beings. Yeah, okay. and they seem happy. to. Yeah. They're happy to serve you. Well, and then I asked Damon, like, can you pet your cat? And he's like, no. It, <laughs> this is your friend and your yeah. companion. Yeah, it's yeah. Your partner. That would be That's patronizing. Offensive. I mean, I pet Christian all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but Christian is your pet. That's the difference there. Ah. Yeah, uh, there is a pig in town that you can pet, a and the poogie. pig is in, and he's what? wearing poogie. So that's yeah. not a race of people. No, that's just a pig. <laughs> but he's wearing clothes. <laughs> that's what it's always confused me that Hello Kitty has a pet cat. That's not like Hello oh, that's Kitty. Messed up. What's Hello Kitty's pet cat's name? Oh, I don't, I, 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 don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Tough question. Would you be able to come up with that? Like you knew the name at some point? Uh, yeah. Wow. It'll, uh, it's going to pop into my head in like three hours. But it's not a pig. It, it is a pig. <laughs> its name is Poogie. 
Okay. The, the pig named Poogie. Yeah. So it's not a monster. Nope. <laughs> pig. Okay. That I mean, although when you're on hunting monsters, you might encounter some pigs, some yeah. wild pigs. Really? Some moss wines. Yep. That's a different type of pig. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's just pig Feral. pigs, but then there's also monster fantasy pigs. If it hasn't yes. been established yet, Casey is encyclopedically knowledgeable about Monster Hunter and is, yeah. and is writing our Monster Hunter guide. Uh, well, what so was your what was your first Monster Hunter game? Yeah. The first, the first Monster hunt. Hunter in 2004. 2004. So it's not even that old of a franchise. <laughs> That's pretty almost, old. Yeah, I guess almost 15. <laughs> well, I'm saying, you know, compared to your Mario, it's just yeah. Zelda's. Yeah. I mean, even the year your, before Shadow of the Colossus came out. It was what, yeah, 13, that's true. 13 years ago? Yeah. A long time, wow, and that, that was on PSP. No, PS- PS2. Yeah, PS2. I guess it's also just, just surprising because it seems like there's been so many Monster Hunter games. Yeah, uh, been this is the fifth generation of Monster yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, my first impressions I think the monsters are really cool, really, really cool uh, monster designs, and I love that they have their own uh, behaviors. And I think the world is really cool, and it's got a fun gameplay loop you know, go out and hunt a monster, mm-hmm. gather its resources, go back to town, craft better gear, go hunt a bigger monster. You forgot about looking for the footprints. That's well, that's part of it too. Yeah, yeah. there is <laughs> some actually hunt. Yeah, there, yeah, the hunt, there is the hunting aspect. Although it seems like when you get more into the game, the flies just kind of do it for yeah. you. You just follow the flies around, and they'll lead you to the monster. There's part of it that's there's like a lot to the game, a lot more than just my uh, my uh, reductive explanation. Uh, it feels still feels a little confusing and obtuse to me, but uh, for someone like Casey who's who's played many Monster Hunter games before, this feels like a more a very accessible Monster Hunter. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. yeah, and it's it's kind of strange because yeah, when I first started. I was like, wow, this is so much easier. Like, it explains so many more things. There's yeah. an, an actual book with the monster's weaknesses and tutorials. And, like, there have never been, like, the weapon tutorials in Monster Hunter World. Yeah. There have never been anything even close to that in depth and accessible mm. in previous games. Like, mm. in Monster Hunter 4U and Monster Hunter 3U, you would go out with a weapon for the first time and someone would talk you through it, but then that was it. You couldn't go to the training room and actually look at the combos. Mm. And,. Wouldn't have a hunter's note with monster encyclopedic information on their weaknesses and what weapons you should use against which parts. Mm. Um, so there's a lot more that it tells you now, yeah. but it's still missing a lot of instructions, which I'm realizing from talking to people who have never played it before. Yeah, it's de- it's not it's not stopping me from having fun with it, yeah. but I am like very very grateful to have someone like you around <laughs> that I can bounce questions. And in on. the Game Scoop stream today, yeah. Damon was asking questions, and people were just like live updating. Yeah, like, uh, people just press of, triangle. Yeah, just press triangle. <laughs> hold just down press the triangle. hold down the X button. Well, people, <laughs> I feel like people in the Monster Hunter community only have they can only benefit from other people getting better mm. because if you know what you're doing, then it benefits them because they can take down a monster quicker if you are in their party. Sure. Yeah. So it's not since there is no PvP aspect, it doesn't it doesn't benefit anyone for a player to be bad. Sure. So. From my experience, really at least, everyone has been really mm-hmm. nice and helpful and only wants to help other mm. people. Like, I have friends right now trying to get through the game faster so that they can help their friends better mm. when they are playing it. Yeah. Just like Palicos. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be your Palicos, your guide. Mm-hmm. And I know, so you started with the sword and shield. Yes. But then you switched over to the bow. Well, yeah, and, and I, but I also did more. the katana in between yeah. there, too. Uh, and I, I guess the the bow, the ranged weapon, just seemed to suit my play style a lot more. I can stay at a distance, and I was I was I had much greater accuracy. It's it's weird with the big sword like the katana. It's like you know, there's a really long wind up time, and I feel like it was I was I would end up missing the monster a lot because by the time my 
uh, blade actually came down, the monster was like a mile away. Yeah. Uh, and then the ranged weapon's a lot more faster pace. Yeah. yeah. So that feels really good to me. But there's like 14 different weapon yeah. categories. And you can just play with anyone you want. So it's a little... If you stick with one, is that an advantage? Like after lots of gameplay, then you're, like, you're upgrading that weapon by, yeah. by playing it? Or does it not matter if you it play it? It doesn't automatically upgrade. Yeah. Okay, so you just use your points wherever you want. Yeah. You have to invest materials. So when you go and fight a monster, you'll have like six scales. And you aren't going to be able to upgrade every weapon in your inventory mm -hmm. using those same scales. So you kind of have to pick and choose where your, where your resources will go. Mm-hmm. So when you're first starting out, uh, kind of evolving multiple weapons at the same time can be a chore because mm -hmm. you'll go and have to fight monsters even more. Rather than like my personal play style, when I first start with a Monster Hunter game, I like to start out with one weapon that I really like mm -hmm. and get really good at that one weapon and then upgrade that as I go along the story so I don't ever have to stop to grind. Because if I spread my resources out amongst multiple yeah. weapons at the same time, then I'll probably hit a wall where it's like okay my weapon isn't high enough um like rarity yet so i have to stop and go back and grind and get one of my weapons up so i can take down this strong i have an existential question okay. um, <laughs> is there a reason you know. why you're hunting like the big monsters like you can clearly get by by just killing the little monsters and eating them <laughs> in this world so like why are you actually killing them is there somebody that's like these monsters are wreaking havoc on our village what's the story reason for your hunting monsters or is there not one no generally no, there is, that's there is. it well just because the monsters are, are are become it's like why do you climb agitated because it's there <laughs> yeah yes. isn't the overall story that the biggest monsters are like um like they're leaving to another world yeah, and we're trying to figure out why. You gotta kill, kill them before they The overarching story is the Elder Dragons, the most powerful beings in the world that anyone knows of. Every 10 years or so, they migrate to this new world. Hmm. So, and the researchers, the Wyvarian researchers, another race of people, want to find out why they're doing this. So they send experienced hunters on expeditions hmm. to go and find out why. Because people, like, you know, in our world, like people want to learn about like, why do lions sleep 21 hours a day? Or You don't go kill them. No, but you go and study them. <laughs> See, I'm thinking this is all like this kind of cultural difference that we have. Yeah. And I think it, there's something in here that's similar to whaling cultures. Oh, no. Iceland <laughs> and Japan. And uh, yeah, it's just interesting. It is a Japanese game. I guess in yeah. the story as well, a lot of times it would be like, oh, this Rathian is preventing our cart from getting to the town over. We need mm -hmm. someone to take care of it because it's being a Like nuisance. a Snorlax? yeah. I guess like, but put you it don't in Pokeball. In this game, it's like stab it <laughs> or capture it. You can also yeah, you can it. capture. Yeah. It. You can capture, yeah. it, but usually there is actual an actual reason as to why. If you read the quest description, it says something like that: like a Rathian is disrupting my trade path. Please go take care of it. Mm -hmm. Or we want to go and explore this new area, but this Legiana is destroying all of our ships or air balloons. Or that's very not. Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I do wish it was a little bit more. You know, it should be called Monster Police. Monster <laughs> Police. Well, that's let's make that you know, a whole different. The hunters are the Monster Police. That's who they call when the monsters come. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, people talk about uh, games hold your hands way too much these days. But then you get a game well, like like Monster Hunter <laughs> yeah, World, and yeah, maybe it could have done a little bit more. I, I maybe it would have been nice if there was an option at the beginning of the game, or did it ask you, are you new to Monster Hunter? And if you're new. Maybe it does a little bit more. And you're stuck in the village for the first six hours. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe like lock you to one weapon to start out with. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then sort of gradually uh, open up the weapon trees. I uh, think that's a wonderful idea, Damien. Okay, well, let's. So thank you, Justin. The <laughs> original Monster Hunter first gave you just a sword and shield. 
Mm-hmm. So you had to start with that one basic weapon. I see. And then if you wanted to try the different weapons, you had to buy them. Mm-hmm. At least I think I'm remembering this correctly from the very first one in 2004. Yeah. <laughs> but um, In a while. <clears throat> yeah, but they... And then you would also have to go through like hours of gathering missions and hours of fighting small monsters and like the process of getting to your first large monster would take five or six hours. Hmm. Whereas this, they kind of took away the smaller quests so that you could go and fight the bigger things faster because people always complained about how much time it took to go fight something exciting. I see. So Do I you ever try talking like, to the monsters? No, I haven't. Okay. But my palico, your palicos can. They can and talk to the monsters? Make friends with the small monsters. Oh, yeah. wow. You, if you find the What do they have against the big ones? The big ones are will eat them. They just let yeah. their sword do the talking. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Yeah, it's cool. You can upgrade your pal- <coughs> your Palico's weapons and armor also. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I saw them. yours, I think, had a loot. Yeah. Like mine, a little playable. Yeah. Oh, like a L-U-T-E. Yeah, yeah. It was really cute. <laughs> a cute loot. Yeah. it's It can actually be played. Uh, so there, are, <laughs> so there are loot boxes in whack. Monster Hunter World. It's the, it's the monsters themselves. <laughs> Those are the loot boxes. Uh, they're like pinatas. Sam, you have you have a copy of Monster Hunter World sitting on your desk. Do you, do you think? No, you, I put it back in the library. Okay, <laughs> well, that answers that question. Justin, you gonna check it out? Uh, no, it's in the no, library. I you like can it. check it out. <laughs> yeah, well, knowing that there's a library copy, maybe I will. It, it's never been, you know, I can definitely respect people that they appreciate that loop and like the pace of the combat. It's the same thing we were talking about on Scoop last week where games will fool you sometimes. Like Monster Hunter mm-hmm. is not my franchise. I don't like the way it feels. <clears throat> and everyone's like, but this one, this is the one for people to get yeah. on board with the franchise. And I saw so many people in Twitter being like, Monster Hunter fooled me again. I still don't <laughs> like it. So um, I don't think, I mean, there's not enough hours in the day to play everything I want. Yeah. So. But coming from a person who played a lot of them and then a person who's never played them, like if you, pending, you know, the opinions of the office, I might still play it. I'm not saying I'm not Same. Play it. Yeah. Like, well, it's I'm definitely not like a rush, but like, I definitely, like, if it's going to be a game of the year contender, I have to play it. I, like, I'm excited. Yes. About it. it is. I'm just going to say yes. Wow. Yeah. So I like those Japanese like grindy RPGs like Disgaea. Uh, I'll you know I'll play those games for hundreds of hours and just do like you know yeah. grind through the item world and level up my characters. So it's weird. I'm surprised that there are so many people that like Monster Hunter because it's the same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it, because it's more action oriented. People have more patience yeah, for I that. Think I really love Disgaea as well. And the same thing. Like I can spend mm-hmm. way too much time yeah. in the item world. It's like why am I? Here? Yeah. But um, I guess with Disgaea, when you grind, you grind levels and you grind. Um, armor that makes you better but it, i mean skill comes into the play but you aren't actively affecting yeah. the way your character moves that's true yeah whereas it's in monster hunter like the first time you go and fight a really hard monster you will probably have a really hard time with it i died yeah and then a couple of times after if you fight the same monster a few times and go back even with the same equipment you will have a significantly easier time because you recognize the monster's movements and you yourself have gotten better as a player which affects your hunter your hunter is getting better because you are getting better not because you're putting levels into them Shadow Claws is the exact same way when you go back and play them now and if you know their tricks you're like oh yeah this will take two minutes two and a half minutes speaking of (laughs) Fragway Shadow of the Colossus is another game I know several of us have been playing. Uh, Sam already beat it. I beat it in a half. It in a half. You're doing it again. Mm-hmm. Why play through it again? Is you have it, to play like... through it four times to get your stamina bar up enough to do a secret in the game. 
to do a secret. Ooh, Interesting. I don't know about that. I want to know about that. <laughs> it's the, the same secret times. that's been around since <clears throat> 2005. I just don't remember that. I only played through it once. <laughs> did we ever it's figure prettier out, now. <laughs> we, did we figure out the secret with the uh, the little glowing orbs on nope, the ground? Do we know that's, what those uh, are Shadow of the Colossus' biggest mystery currently. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for you all to play this. We're trying to solve this in the office right now. There's a bunch of new hidden objects. Uh, a lot more than we thought there would be. Mm. Uh, I thought there would be like maybe one per Colossus, mm-hmm. but now we have over that count easily. And then some require things that you can only unlock by playing the time trials. Like wow. this is a whole other topic. No, I mean yeah. we're here to talk about. I'm excited. Playing, yeah. I'm excited for Brendan going through that game and figuring all those things out for us. Well, yeah, there's yeah. a big <laughs> secret in a cool, popular game that nobody knows the answer to right now, and Sony's not talking either. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, one of the things you have to do is beat time trials uh, to get a um, glider. And when you see that glider, it's exactly what it is in Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Mm. Yeah, and uh, it, it's you know you see Wander like holding that thing and floating down from a Colossus after like climbing it for a long time and stabbing it. Like that game had such a big influence on Breath of the Wild. Well, yeah, and now it's interesting that you know Breath of the Wild also out recently, and I think a lot of people are comparing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually have an email from Justin Smith in Tokyo about Shadow of the Colossus, and he says, I love listening to the show every week. I teach at a school in Japan, and IGN podcasts are the only fluent English I hear, so they keep me sane. Not surprisingly, the PS4 remaster of Shadow of the Colossus is getting showered with praise, just as the original iteration was. I played the original a few years after it came out because of all the hype it had received, and I remember being so excited to play a game that was sold to me as artistic and incredible. All I remember was being completely underwhelmed. Dun, dun, dun. While I know the remaster fixes a lot of the janky gameplay features Wait, that did, I... Sorry, did he say he played it after he had been told a, to play it a long time? He played it a couple years after its first release. Yeah. So. It didn't age well right, or graphically, for sure. He says, it just never clicked with me the sense of awe that others seem to have gotten from this title. I remember thinking, wow, this is a big world, but it's empty, and the cycle is leave the castle, hold your sword, follow its light, mm-hmm. fight another boss, get frustrated by the controls. <laughs> I was so sad because I wanted to love it but found it boring and the thrill of climbing a big monster and stabbing it quickly faded for me. I also seem to recall that despite the seemingly large scope of the world, I was always just instructed to go to the right and cross the same bridge. My brother texted me today and asked if it was worth playing, and honestly, I told him to wait for a price drop. Many games are hard to retrospectively judge objectively. Do you think this is one of them? Do improved graphics and smoother controls make this game amazing when held alongside its derivatives like Breath of the Wild and Horizon? I mean, I have a strong opinion on this. First of all, like to each his own or her own, you cannot like this game. It's totally possible not like this game. It's a puzzle game. It makes you solve these puzzles. It's frustrating. Um, it doesn't tell you anything. Like, talk, it's just like Monster. There, there is no instructions in this game. Nothing. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what I like about it. But uh, what this game has that's different than its predecessor, uh, its in- pre-incarnation, is that it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It, like really the original pretty. game was had a style to it, which I really liked. I was I was impressed I was when I played the first one. Oh yeah, me too. Like wh- like but the horse animation, everything was yeah. amazing. But That's it was choppy and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah but it, like compared to all the other games that were out at that time, mm-hmm. it looks really good still. And there were no loading screens, which was super impressive yeah, back then. Totally. It's like, been uh, I mean, it's been discussed to death by now since the year since that game came out. But the frame rate, right? Like it was to me, it was such a Sin, like it was so bad back in the day. Yeah, oh. it was. It, I didn't I, even know what frame rate was back then, so I didn't really notice. Yeah. I think no, that I made see. the game just unplayable. Like I, I, I'm almost like shocked that it came out in the state that it did. And I appreciate the uh, scope and awe-inspiring feeling of you know slaying these giant monsters. And no game. I mean, Horizon does it a little, but still, no game is really uh, tackling that kind of scale. So. Um, 
I, I have massive respect for the game in that way, but the technical limitations of the platform it came out on were an mm. absolute deal breaker for me. And that's why the remake, I, mean, I feel the same way about Mario Kart. You know, like if you go back and play Mario Kart 64, like how did anybody ever play this? <laughs> like GoldenEye, GoldenEye, we did four player GoldenEye yeah. a couple years yeah. ago in the office. So, and it so was it, awful. That gives, I mean, I have two minds there. I'm like, yeah, like you can't go back and play that game. But I'm also thinking, like, I didn't care at the time. Yeah. So I definitely didn't care for Shadow of the Colossus. Like, I thought that game was incredible. But it is to close the loop on that thought. Yeah. Like, the remake, like, not a problem anymore. So it's yeah. like, uh, in that sense, it's the best of both worlds where you still get, you know, the scope and the mysterious world and mm-hmm. sort of the um, melancholy story, but without the detraction and distraction of the uh, technical limitations. So it's it's such a perfect candidate to get the treatment that it got on the PS4. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, and I, I've been saying this in the office. Uh, I think it's the most beautiful game ever made. This remake, it, it's it's it has a good match of aesthetics and tech, and a lot of games have one or the other. Like mm-hmm. Uncharted is amazing. Even the the spinoff Uncharted Lost Legacy last mm-hmm. year, the open world area in that was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. But it's supposed to be realistic, right? And it has like some cool temples and stuff like that. But it's like supposed to look like photo real. This game doesn't look photo real. It looks like looks like a it looks like an art piece. You know, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't look exactly like you'd think it would. And uh, in this particular game, there's so much framing that it does of like you're riding your horse and it's all the camera's all tied in, and then it pulls out and you don't really mm-hmm. notice that. And then your horse is really small and you're still controlling it, but you, like, you have this huge panorama of waterfalls and forests and everything, and it's like rendered perfectly. And I played mm-hmm. on my regular PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Then we came in on like last Friday, I think we had it running in 4K on the TVs here on the Pro, and like it's fine. It's it's I still think it's the most beautiful game on the regular PlayStation, but on the Pro, it's like it's incredible. Mm-hmm. It looks like a high-end PC game. You know, it's just everything about it is amazing. And one of the things that I think really enhances its beauty is that there's no UI mm-hmm. on yeah. the screen. Yeah, like, and, and they shrunk the little empty. bit that was there. Yeah, and it only appears when you're using it. Yeah. So it's it really is cinematic, the entire experience. And it's fun to watch people. Like, so if one person's playing and other people are just hanging out at your house and you want to show them, like, mm-hmm. they're not gamers. Like, I remember showing my mom Shadow of the Colossus when yeah. I was a kid, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool. I guess I wasn't a kid then, but... I was playing Shadow of the Colossus, and and uh, and it was really fun to show off to people I'd never seen a video game like that before. And it's still like that. Yeah, it's really Shadow fun to watch. of Colossus is one of my favorite <clears throat> multiplayer single player games. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's really fun to play with another person, <clears throat> even though you're not both actively playing. Mm-hmm. If neither of you have ever played before and both sit down and play Shadow of the Colossus, it's awesome to try and figure out where to go and how to figure out how to take down the monsters. And it's just fun to watch. Like we had a huge crowd of people watching Shadow of the Colossus on Friday. Like it was it was yeah, awesome. Yeah. Really fun. Yeah, like I, I I've played the first two Colossi of the the new one and I hadn't played it since the original since I beat the original back in whatever, two thousand five. So it definitely like came back to me, but man, like I guess what really struck me is like there's just nothing else like thirteen years later, there's not a single other game that feels like like Shadow of the Colossus. Like you can draw like like uh, Sam said yeah. a direct line between uh, Shadow and Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. but yeah. even so, like it's taking specific elements of that game. Like you're you're completely right. Like no one, there's not like a glut of giant monster slaying games. Um, you know, and I you, we obviously need to separate out like Monster Hunter mm-hmm. from a game like Shadow. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not really, I think you're right, Sam, it's not really an action-adventure game. It's kind of like an action-puzzle mm-hmm. game. Like There's a lot of platforming on those yeah. Once you figure it out, it's not as fun. Well, yeah. 
Yeah. So you, you you think there's nothing like your first I, playthrough then? Yeah, it's I like see, Gone Home or something. Hmm. I see there's still a lot of fun in getting better and the time trials and just being able to take them down. I love those. Those aren't for everybody, but I yeah, love those. I love them too. And I did those oh. back in the day too, so yeah. now I don't want to do them again. Like the reason I <laughs> too the hard. only reason I figured out <clears throat> that there was a secret is because I tried to climb that wall. I found that wall with mm-hmm. not enough stamina and trying to get up it and I said, Okay, well I I think we can get to the top of this tower if I get my stamina enough. Mm-hmm. So I just played the game the four times you tails. had to and got out of the lizard tails. Is trail he eating the little lizard tried. tails? I mean, mm. he's grabbing them. It, it kind of looks like it. I mean, what else do you do with the lizard tails, right? Like, mm. you just put mm-hmm. them your in necklace? your back pocket. Just let the lizard live. <laughs> leave, leave them alone. Just take, the, just take the glowing tail. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, I just organically found that, and I thought that was the coolest thing. That's and amazing. Yeah, because I remember it was like rumored on the internet and stuff. That's how I figured it out. But uh, that's cool that you found it by yourself. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah. We just we didn't go on to look things up back then. We just yeah. I, I read about game. IGN. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember reading about how like cool the game was supposed to be on IGN mm-hmm. yeah. at the time. And there was a demo disc that IGN yeah. told me about at the time, and I went out and got that. That's when I, I played that at, at a GameStop, which is mm-hmm. what made me get the game. I yeah, there was the... like a tie-in mm-hmm. with like demoing it there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spiritual successor to Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. It is <laughs> a, a Punch-Out-like game. Same idea. Puzzles, Just play. boss fights. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Figure out the puzzle of how to f- defeat each boss. That's mm-hmm. all the game is. Holding your sword up to the sun. Yeah, that's what I'm um, <laughs> There is an indie game called Something 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 Gods. What? That's exactly what? Shadow of the Colossus that's something, coming out. Something, 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 oh. God. You guys, yeah. I'll, oh, you need to talk to your, to your microphone. I will, uh, but I was going to look up this while you guys moved on because I do want to plug it, this game because it's incredible looking. So it's I'm not look be it like up. in the Valley of the Gods. It's not that one. No, no, okay. that game's cool. Justin, is there anything else you've been playing recently? Uh, noteworthy. Yeah, so I mean, I was I was sort of shaking my head a little bit when I when you said you were going to lead off with games or gaming because. I swear most of the year I'm playing the same big hot games that everyone else is, but whenever it comes up on GameCube, <laughs> I'm always playing. It's like, well, I'm playing Animal Crossing on the DS. Yeah. Like, I'm playing through, uh, I'm playing RimWorld on the PC, which is like a top down yeah, strategy yeah. game. And I'm very hooked yeah. on it. That's very much my kind of game where you have. You know, little minions that are that sort of have their own needs, like you know, they get hungry or thirsty or whatever, and then you don't control them directly. You don't say, "Go here, do this; go there, do that." You just say, "I need this wall built. I need this mine dug," and then you set like the priority, like this is high priority, this is low priority, and then they go off and do their own thing and like live their life. And that's like my favorite. That's like crack for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a little bit Firefly esque in the sense that it's sci-fi. You're on a spaceship that breaks up and crashes on this planet. But then you have to like tech back up to build a spaceship and like escape. Pikmin. A or little no bit like Sky. Pikmin, but so you're building like dusters <laughs> and cowboy successor. hats and revolvers <laughs> for them and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And uh and then raiders come, so you have to like defend your base against other people that want to come and take what's yours. And are the raiders like a little red and blue and green <laughs> guys? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Is Rimworld like a recent game? Uh, it was kickstarted okay. four years ago, maybe, and then it's been on. It's still in early access, but it's getting close to its version 1.0 release is coming up pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be exiting early access soon. It's PC only for now. And it's uh, very, very wonderful. It's one of those games like Dwarf Fortress with the stories that come out of it. Like the level of simulation, it simulates the whole world, right? Mm-hmm. So it's very, very, very complex where. Uh, 
like these man-eating killer beavers came into my town. <laughs> this whole pack of them. What? Why do the beavers want to eat people? It, there's just like random events, right? So like it's been cats. <clears throat> Did you try too. talking to the beavers? You can't talk to the beavers. There's <laughs> no hiring some monster There's hunters? no reason yeah. that these man-eating Monster beavers. police. <laughs> so I had a handful of people with guns that were mowing down the beavers, but just through sheer volume, they made it into my base. And then uh, Walter had to engage in hand-to-hand -hand combat, and he's oh, stabbing the beavers to death. And then uh, one of the beavers broke his leg, um, so I had to amputate his leg and oh, put no. him in a peg leg. Oh, he was gosh. never very happy. Why'd you save the beaver? Uh, what? <laughs> you said one of the beavers broke his leg. Oh no, Walter broke his leg. <laughs> okay, my my colonist <laughs> broke his leg. All right, and so I just uh, thought you switched sides there for a second. No, so, yeah. So <laughs> my, colonist, my colonist is trying to shiv the beavers frantically. He's injured. He's really hurt. They drag him off to the hospital. He's got to get a peg leg. And then uh, my my tailor that was making clothes for everybody made uh, beaver skin cowboy hats for everyone that they see, wore for like years oh. after that. See, this is what I'm talking about, people. Possibility spaces in games. I love That's, games. That big awesome. possibility spaces. That is that is very much a Justin game if I've yeah. ever any game where you can just do anything and say anything and then so the premise of the game is you're trying to build the spaceship and you have to tech up and gather all these resources and it's it gets harder and harder like I think the game's designed where the randomness it gets more and more random and wild and wooly over time like it starts pretty tame and then gets by the end like there's just crazy stuff happening all the time as you're escaping the planet and uh it was like right there. I had to build one more thing, and I was like just finishing up to win the game. <laughs> and some villager that had been with me from the beginning, um, a fox attacked him and bit his head off. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's very dangerous animals in this yeah. world that an are not fox normally or some sort of space fox. Yeah, yeah are these common woodland creatures. It was yeah. just a fox. Uh, and so it was place. like, and I'm like, well, that sucks for you, man. And then it was like, well, peace. <laughs> like, see you later. <laughs> he is a peace. I buried him first. Oh. Good. Yeah. That's All the monster nice police. Yeah. Uh, uh, that game is called Pray for the Gods. Pray for the Gods. And it's an exact I, pray. The they had to change the name, right? It's P R E Y. Because Bethesda was like was going to sue them. They had to change the name. It's P R E Y, I believe. Well, yeah. It was going to be, and then they weren't allowed to be. You're right. There was some. I don't yeah. know. I don't Something remember about the resolution that. of that. But there was. So you guys have seen this game. I've uh, heard. I don't, of I don't it, know yeah. a lot about it. but I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like, and it's a shadow of the classic. You're like a tiny warrior lady, and there's giant. Colossi that you just climb and stab. Yeah, it looks, looks really cool. It was cool. on Kickstarter or? I, think I don't know. I just saw videos were. of it and so cool. I think like years ago I I might have donated <laughs> that game. Nice. So you own a copy. Oh, yeah. That. Is it out already? No, it's no. not. But it looks really good. Check it out. We have the trailer. All right, Casey, anything else you're playing worth mentioning? Monster Hunter is my yeah. life now. Yeah. <laughs> my, me too, I guess. Are you playing Stardew Valley? No. Okay. I, am. I want. There are I a lot the of Galaxy games sword. I want to play. I have the Iridium Axe and I have a pig. Are you in year three yet? I'm in winter of year two. Okay. It's exciting. Does the stuff go down? Winter in year has come. Three? Well, that's what I hear. I hear there's some story content. There's a soft <clears throat> time. It's not a spoiler, I don't think. There's a soft time limit where the, at the end of year three, that's sort of like what you're building to. Mm. But just so people don't feel stressed out, like it's not like binding. I don't know. This is very vague, so I'm trying not to be spoilery. Yeah. Like. Yeah, so you're not ever locked out of content if you don't complete something by the end of year three. But that's what you're. Yeah, I'm not there for the story. I'm there for the truffles. Yeah, which my pig is finding <laughs> frequently. What a nice pig! Yeah. Pigs are nice. You have yeah. to pet them once a day. Yep. What if you don't? He doesn't find you truffles. No truffles. Hmm. And you can sell them. Pet Poogie and Monster Hunter, you'll get higher chance of more rewards at the end of your next quest. If you pet at that pig, yeah, if you pig. pet the pig successfully, have to you gotta to have hearts come out of his head. It's a quick That's time event. Same thing in Stardew Valley. Yeah, you gotta get, you gotta the, get hearts. the hearts. Yep. Yeah. All 
All right, we're moving on to uh, time for a new a new segment on GameScoop called Better Know a Genre. Oh. This is where we're going to dig into one specific genre, figure out what makes that genre unique, look at some early examples. You mean argue about the genre? <laughs> no, well, we can, maybe. that's usually what happens yeah. in the yeah. well, uh, Dan's not here, so it's fine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, our reviews editor has some very uh, specific opinions, because he has to, about what yeah. games can be ranked as what things for Game of the Year, right? Yeah. That's when we talk about genres. Well, then let's see what happens if we dig into, in honor of Monster Hunter. Oh, please, no. Action RPGs. Okay. Action oh, RPGs. That's so. An action yeah. RPGs, RPG subgenre. That is a monster hunter. Yeah, that's right? definitely monster yeah, hunter. Yeah, definitely monster hunter, right? Yeah. So, uh, what do you think about this uh, loose definition? Uh, a subgenre, an, a subgenre of RPG that emphasizes real time combat over turn based. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah, we can all that's agree. It. That's I the mean, one thing. I mean, that's pretty much it, right? It still has RPG elements. So well, Zelda, Zelda Next would question. also be an action RPG. Well, but uh-huh. I would say Breath of the Wild Uh-oh. is, but maybe but not, not the, the other previous Zeldas. ones. So, well, not, maybe like first, Skyward Sword as well. Well, That's you, why you glossed over. You said action RPG is a subgenre of RPG that emphasizes yada yada, but you yeah. glossed over what defines an RPG to begin with. Well, okay, so if you if we feel like we need to define that first. Sure. Well, so I There is no definition. <laughs> an RPG is game, where obviously. your your avatar's advancement and progress is a bigger determiner determination of success or Failure in combat versus you as a player. Your skill, your skill, your reflexes, your hand-eye coordination, that stuff. Exactly. Okay. I like that definition. Yeah. So the original Legend of Zelda, I don't think has the RPG part of it. Right. It's more of like an action adventure game. Mm -hmm. But Zelda Two does have experience points. Yeah, but Mm -hmm. but Zelda One fits your definition anyway. I don't. Where where are the RPG elements though? But okay, it it fit your original definition is what I'm saying. RPG that emphasizes. Well, yeah, okay. So in that action. game, you do name your character, right? Well, yeah. Okay. Mm. You get you get equipment <laughs> that makes you better, but you don't better your stats themselves. No, you do. You get more hearts. We know. I'm. I'm like. No, uh, it's an RPG. We did. It. We did top 100 RPGs last year, and so we spent an embarrassingly large <laughs> amount of time arguing about what did and didn't count as an RPG, and we did continue circling back to this fact that. Your character in the game has to get stronger in game, separate from and removed from your skill level as a player, mm-hmm. okay. and that that is the determining factor. In so Zelda definitely is an RPG. Then. I don't no. agree with that. I think <laughs> I Link doesn't maybe, get stronger. Maybe over the he literally game. gets stronger. He gets more he gets hearts. More hearts. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what you get for every reward in the game. So that's I think that is a limiting factor because there are some. If you go throughout the whole game with three hearts, you get hit by once once by some enemies, and you will automatically die. Mm-hmm but you get more hearts and then you're able to actually fight them. But if you're good enough, yeah. you can just not get hit. You Whereas also in increase your defense and your attack, but it's just with, a different system. In Breath of the Wild. No, no, in the original Zelda. You get a different oh. suit, right? Okay, you turn yeah. silver yeah, yeah. or red or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we said that there had to be, at that time, and I'm not saying this is the end-all, be-all definition, but what we did decide last year was there has to be some element of exploring an unknown space or land of some kind. There can't be, you know, whether it's randomly generated or hand-placed, uh, you know, interacting with a game space, like a text-only game, I would probably not fall under the auspices of RPG in my you call those yeah. like text-based adventure RPGs games. Or yeah, and then yeah, there's adventure I mean. games. Yeah. Uh, I think an RPG, an action RPG, it's there in the title. It's a role-playing game that borrows the combat system of you know from action games, mm-hmm. whether it be hack and slash or even shooting. Like I think 
Borderlands yeah. counts as like an action RPG, right? And it's a it's on a spectrum, right? So it's like yeah. everything is an RPG to a certain extent. I mean, even Horizon has a you know character upgrading system, and you're mm-hmm. getting points and mm-hmm. and and improving Aloy's skills, yeah. but. It, you know where it falls on that spectrum. How important is Aloy's advancement? You know, statistically in the game to your success is pretty minimal compared to you know those games that are very similar mechanically, but just lean harder into that RPG aspect of mm-hmm. it. Like uh, I don't know, like Assassin's Creed Origins would be an example where like you yeah. cannot you cannot go to the hardest areas of that game and succeed with low level uh, heroes and equipment. Yeah, that's true. I would say yeah that that is a good RPG difference if if you can do something without the armor and equipment that the game wants you to do it with. And there's always, like, all these descriptions Mm. always have the asterisk of, like, well, there's going to be crazy people. Like, rules are made to be broken. So it's like Mm. there's crazy people that, you know, beat Dark Souls at level one or beat Mm -hmm. Dark Souls with a starter sword. And, like, we don't let those weird outliers. Like, it's... (laughs) Weirdos. Well, it's the intention. Like, you're not intended to beat Dark Souls from level one. Like, the fact that it can be done through absolutely expert play, like, all kinds of crazy stuff can be done. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that you throw out the entire definition of, you know, what genre a game is in. Yeah. So what do you think the earliest action RPGs are? So, uh, that's up for debate, but some early examples. Some people think adventure... That would be 1980 on the Atari 2600. Yeah, you're a little man. But, I, don't think, I don't think I agree. But yeah, see, I'm, I'm also, it's kind of like Zelda. I'm missing the RPG elements. There. Plus, you, the you genre is kind of in the name of that one. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's no well, character. No, in not in an action RPG. What? But adventure. adventure. No, adventure. Yeah. yeah. It's an oh, adventure. you're just saying that you're calling it adventure. Gotcha. I understand. Um, there was an early example in 1979. There's a game called Temple of Apshai uh, for computers. Sure. But to my eye, so it's like a single screen dungeon crawler. But to my eye, it looks turn based to me, which wouldn't fit the action. I don't know, I don't part know of it. how it plays. Uh, it <laughs> seems like the enemies only move when you move. But you know, it's it's very uh, uh, like super hot, rudimentary <laughs> game. Yes, that's super hot. The uh, RPG. Or the, we played an NES hot. game like that recently. Remember that? Uh, I think we played a Sega Master System game that's like right. that Master recently. System. Yeah, which is often roguelikes is the the name um, of that genre. I forget what that game was. Uh, it was actually pretty fun. I like that game. There are two games released in Japan in 1984, Dragon Slayer and Hydlide. Hydlide at least came to the NES, which is where I played it. It was very, it was too complicated for me to figure out as a child. But Dragon Slayer is a dungeon crawler where you, it has RPG elements and all the combat is real time finally. And Hydlide is, has an overworld where you're uh, adventuring on an overworld map and attacking enemies all in real time and gaining experience. And those also could be very early examples of action RPGs. Do you think it's important, does the game need to be an RPG? Do, does it have to have a player-exposed dis- statistics system? I see, important? I think so. Because I, like, kinda... the, here's why I asked. Because Call of Duty you know, has like each gun behind the scenes mm-hmm. has some calculation for the amount of damage it's doing, yeah. but that's not exposed or made relevant to the user in a direct way where they can manipulate. Yeah, where some shooters just pop yeah. up the number each and, time. And up damage from 45 to 50 by manipulating your loadout or whatever. I mean, that's the yeah. D&D influence, right? Is the rolling and the numbers and stuff yeah. like that. And, that, mm-hmm. and that, that's the original RPG. I don't know if I yeah. consider that essential. I'm sure someone could come up with, come up with some RPG that everyone you know, universally agrees is an RPG that doesn't expose its stats to the player. So I think the best early RPG then, or action RPG, would be uh, Secret of Mana. Mm. Yeah, from the like, early Without 90s, question, yeah. that game took a uh, Square Enix RPG type game from that era, well, actually to Square. And then they added uh, uh, Zelda-like combat mm-hmm. to it. And it's like just a straight up, hey, let's, what, how would you do Final Fantasy with action? Like it's a yeah. textbook. We're yeah. getting a RPG. remake of that, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. Like soon, like yeah. next month, maybe? Early this year? It looks cool. Uh, yeah, so and other notable examples would be Diablo, even though that's uh, 
Yeah, very different style of action. But also, but you sure. know, also an action RPG. Dragon's Dogma, The Witcher, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Dark Souls. Uh, so Dark Souls, I guess I see some people debating that. Again, since I'm not a big Dark Souls fan, I, I can't make that call. Mm. Some people seem any, to think it is. And I don't know that there's much debate that there's that it's an action RPG. The, the debate in our office, and we probably just need to give up and give in, <laughs> but we don't have action RPG as a game of the year candidate right now. Yeah. You know, we have RPG as a game of the year candidate and action, action, adventure. We've never done action RPG as a genre category and so then you have to make weird choices about games like Shadow of War and Assassin's Creed Origins and Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Yeah, yeah. And Action Adventure has some of our action RPGs in it, I think. Yeah. yeah. Is that what we do? Well, I mean, we, yeah. we're we going to revamp it this year because, you know, we it's we, tough. we've never been very pleased with it, frankly, but, yeah. you know, you, you do the best you can. But uh, action, action, adventure, and adventure is a spectrum of, like, what, emphasis the game places on environmental environmental obstacles versus obstacles of uh adversarial you know combat yeah obstacles so yeah. uncharted is a really classic action adventure where it mixes the environmental obstacle with the you know human opponent enemy mm-hmm. obstacle mm. fester's quest <laughs> i don't remember uh if there was experience in fester's quest i don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh fallout can be played as action RPG or more as a more traditional turn-based, well, right? Well, new modern Fallout. Yeah, modern Fallout. Uh, Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor, Borderlands, and of course, Monster Hunter. And what's interesting is all the classic computer RPGs, not all of them, but like uh, the Infinity uh, Engine games like uh, Baldur's Gate and Icewind Dale, those games have real-time combat. It's not mm-hmm. turn-based mm-hmm. combat. So, I mean, Fallout just jogged my memory. Yeah. Like, I don't think people would call them action RPGs, even though the combat is real time. They often yeah, call them. I, I never considered the point and click systems as action y to me mm-hmm. because you aren't doing the inputs. It's number mm-hmm. calculations doing the inputs as you're clicking. Like, does that make sense? You have to get sense? close. Like, wow, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you like, have to get in close and does your sword have to make contact? Or? But that, like, see, that's that the work? thing. Like, you, you can tell your character to attack the monster and it starts attacking but mm. there's a behind the scenes like dice roll mm-hmm. saying if those yeah. are actually hitting the monster or not you aren't controlling the character at that point you're just telling it to attack mm-hmm. yeah yeah so, but i played diablo on ps4 diablo 3 mm, uh-huh. in that one i am pressing a button to attack well so but do you determine if you miss or does the game determine if you miss? Uh, i see what you're saying i see what you're saying oh. yeah because yeah. you're like, just swiping yeah and sometimes yeah, it's like miss 100 100 yeah miss, exactly miss 100. exactly well, but in monster hunter if you hit it you hit it. Yeah. And that was a, that's actually, you can see if you really closely follow, uh, you know, another action RPG franchise, the Elder Scrolls franchise, you know, mm-hmm. uh, from Daggerfall to Morrowind. And in Morrowind, you know, there was this big disconnect. That was the big hit. It came out on Xbox. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of people's first exposure to Elder Scrolls. And they slash a guy across the chest with a knife and it's a miss. And it's like, it's not a miss. That was a hit. Yeah. And that's from people that didn't understand that it was missing because your character your didn't have a high enough <laughs> stat. Yeah. Yeah. And they actually did fix that. They changed it into like later games have like grazes and stuff where it's essentially the same thing, but you do marginal damage instead mm-hmm. of it just being, you know, a mm-hmm. traditional miss. That kind of same kind of thing happens in D and D though. You can have like yeah. a guy in a trap prone, your friend is on top of him, is like, Okay, I'm standing right in front of him, I'm gonna hit it and you roll <laughs> yeah. a two. It's like, yeah, All right, I'm well sorry. you, you tripped it. and you missed. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. Uh, it's an ongoing conversation about genres. Well, we solved it here, though. We s- at least <laughs> solved action RPG. That one we can one put down. It's file we can put away. <laughs> one down. Infinite numbers to go. Top. Yeah. How many men? <laughs> how many genres are there? I want to do a, a feature. Every genre, every video game genre ranked. Mm. <laughs> I like one. it. Just there's no context. Yeah, just. just- <laughs> 
RPG, uh, shmup, yeah. shooter. Mm-hmm. Mm. Shmup's pretty good genre. Open world. Shmup's a MMO. Probably top 10 for me. JRPG. Yeah, CRPG. Pet simulators. Mm-hmm. And sim. Yeah. Uh, it's all game. It's Farming all game. sim. Pet battlers. We're going to rank them all. <laughs> all right, let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. What's up? Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Ryan did. And Ryan says, what's up, Goose Camp? Because of your site's wonderful recommendations, I picked up a PS4 this gen, a first for me in the PlayStation family. I grew up mainly playing PC and Nintendo games and was excited for the chance to play some of these PlayStation greats. I've since played Killzone Shadowfall, Infamous, Second Son, Uncharted 1 and 2, among other PlayStation exclusive games. I have to admit, I've been disappointed. Outside of a couple really great games like Tearaway and Last of Us, I haven't been enjoying these games as much as I would have liked. Is it the hype? Or is it because I don't have the nostalgia of past games in the series to fully enjoy them? It has me questioning if Mario Odyssey is really as great as we think or if it really is nostalgia-driven. So let me ask the Omega Cops panel, are games too nostalgia-driven these days with sequels? Please share your thoughts. Interesting premise. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. So first of all, I don't you know sequels aren't anything new to video games. There were six Mega Man games mm-hmm. released just on the NES, or Dragon's Warrior games yeah. just on the well, NES. Philosophically, yeah. is there a difference if you like something because you have nostalgic feelings about it? You know, yeah. like I hear the Mario theme and that makes me feel something, versus if you like something because you don't have like you like like you're, you're, you're still getting enjoyment. Your out of it. sense of pleasure is the same regardless of where it originates from. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But that's not helpful to people that didn't grow up with it, right? And then yeah. like, what am I missing? Mm-hmm. I, that's I, how I feel about Star Wars, actually. You just, I was gonna say that's the perfect rec- like that's the perfect analogy here. Like, yeah. like I'm a little sick of stormtroopers. Yeah, I, I really thought they were cool for years, and I was like, when when Star Wars was unpopular in the '90s, I was like, man, stormtroopers have the coolest outfits. This is the coolest <laughs> movie. And then like, and now it's just we're so inundated. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm over that design. It doesn't need to be in the movies anymore. Like little things like that. You know, you can get over that. Well, there are hardly any stormtroopers in Last Jedi, right? Yeah, I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> Saw it three times. <laughs> I um, think I don't think stormtroopers play a very big part. In last there's game. that silver one. Yeah, there's one chrome trooper. Uh, there's a lot of stormtroopers in that movie. In Last Jedi, I don't yeah. think so. Think of the scenes with with uh, uh, anything on the ship. Where they, they're just the, kind of walking around. They don't really do anything. Your background. It's not even like a shootout with yeah. the stormtroopers. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but like that design is like something that like I, I think is iconic and cool. And now it's like kind of getting worn down by it being used. Yeah. So much. Well, I'm, so I'm well, lost the thread of the question. So Ryan, so Ryan picked up a PS4 right. and then started playing these PlayStation games and was a little underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. But for me, like I don't have like a lot of nostalgic value for like PlayStation games or franchises. I, li- I like I love like well, Uncharted 2 and Uncharted 4. Nintendo's done like, such a good job yeah. of making a universe of like and it was really Smash Brothers and now, you know, you have Zelda and Animal Crossing in in Mario Kart where like this feels like sort of a shared not a shared universe, but um uh, all those feelings get intertwined and tied up together and now I care yeah. about, you know, Nintendo and Donkey Kong and all this stuff in a way that other companies have tried to do. There's PlayStation All Stars, um, Battle Royale, the first me, Battle Royale. No one else but Nintendo has been able to replicate their ability to have a stable of you know intellectual property that they can pluck from and grab, and people have such fond feelings of like they have individual pillars of you know towering success with stuff like Uncharted, but there's no sort of through line that connects it all in yeah. the way that there is for Nintendo. Yeah, I would agree. You know who has, is getting there is Square Enix. Mm-hmm. As we were talking about this, we did an article this week about 
who could be in a Dissidia like square fighting game. Mm -hmm. And it was like they own Taito. So like anything bubble bobble wise was like in there, which is kind of cool. Tomb Raider is in there. And then, uh, I mean, there's just a lot that Square Enix owns now. And then Kingdom um, Hearts and Final Fantasy. And it's just crazy, you know? Well, they had Hitman, but they let let Hitman go. Did they? Mm. And yeah, Square Enix has a lot. Yeah. Dragon Guard. Mm. Wow, yeah. So many RPGs. I mean, yeah. just when Square yeah. and Enix came together, it was like Dragon yeah. Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy. What, what it's nuts. The, what was the giant robot game? Armor, not Armor, Armor Core. Core. It is Armor Core. Yeah, that yeah. was a Square game. Front Mission. Yeah. Can you Front imagine a fighting also, game? Yeah, Front Mission was. Crazy. Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I don't think we have nostalgia for games from the early 2000s, but younger people do. And mm-hmm. there's definitely people whose first big games were the Sony games, and that's where you know, I that, definitely that have for sure. nostalgia for Shadow of the Colossus and Monster Hunter. Yeah, those are the kind of games when I first saw the first trailers for, I got a little teary eyed and like really felt yeah. something from hearing that theme again and like seeing what I remembered playing when I was in high school. And yeah, so I can definitely see that and can see how that could cloud our vision. Like, I am much more forgiving of a game that I've already learned the ins and outs of. Yeah. So I already know the ins and outs of it. So I won't be able to see if it's not doing something as well because I've already learned how to get around it when I was younger and much more forgiving. Mm. Like a Pokemon. So like that. Yeah. Right? For me, I mean, you just touched on this, but for me personally, it really is about music and, um, you know, it comes back to like the Zelda theme and the Final Fantasy Overture and like even Uncharted has such a strong musical identity. Halo, it, you mm-hmm. know, is right in the mix there. <laughs> There's games that I love and franchises that I love that don't just, to me, have that like thing to like latch onto. And um, again, Nintendo does a better job than their competitors of um, uh, like the Zelda theme. I was gonna say it's not in Breath of the Wild. I mean, there is that hint. So you hear that uh, uh, woven in and out of the music on horseback. But like the restraint that they show, but then they'll bring it back in like the next Smash Brothers. You know, mm-hmm. they like it shows up in other contexts, like Mario Kart. Again, uh, you you get Zelda music and like Animal Crossing music in there, and uh, uh, their ability to just strategically place like those droplets of nostalgia is uh, yeah. really really well done. NES Remix. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, man, they need to bring back NES Remix. Wasn't, right? the, wasn't the Zelda theme? It was either Majora's Mask or Ocarina of Time. It wasn't in one of those. It wasn't in Ocarina. It the Overworld Ocarina. didn't yeah. have it. And then they put it straight into uh, yep. the Overworld of Majora's Mask. Okay. Which so is so funny because it's such an unusual game in every other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Ryan, if you haven't played uh, PS4 exclusives like Uncharted 4, Persona 5, Shadow of the Colossus, Horizon, Horizon Zero, Zero Dawn, Dawn. Uh, and even Bloodborne, definitely check those out. Yeah, that's a good point. The games that he highlighted is like, I'm playing through these or yeah. some odd choices. Yeah, I think so too. Well, Infinite Infamous was... A game that a lot of people liked when I that liked was exclusive. Second Son, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now that I team is doing uh, Ghosts of Tsushima, I think. Game looks cool. Yeah. All right, moving on. This is Anthony Tassone Jr. And he says, first off, I love IGN and the podcast. I wanted to get your thoughts on something I was thinking about after last week's episode. You talked about Xbox Game Pass potentially being the future of gaming. If this does become the case and other developers and companies adopt this, how do you think it will affect the future of DLC in games? Currently, one of the biggest incentives for creating DLC is being able to sell it to get more money for your games. If people aren't paying for content anymore, would there be much of an incentive to create DLC? How do you think this would affect loot boxes? Thanks for your time and happy gaming. Uh, so yeah, if you're just paying a monthly fee, a subscription fee to get all of your games, you're not directly paying uh, for each individual game. It would kind of seem like there would be a loss of uh, incentive for developers to create DLC, right? 
But then it's like, well, does that even matter? I like, see. My question with that is, would they offer the DLC with the subscription you're paying? I think it might be an upsell. Yeah, upsell. I think so as well. Like you're paying ten dollars a month to access the base games, mm. but it's always know. the upsell. Yeah. That's how they get you. But yeah, Injustice has a new fighter pack. You have to buy the fighter pack to be able mm. to use those characters. What's weird about that right? is if you stop the subscription, then you, you lose the base game. You have the DLC, but you own the DLC, but you can't really play it. Yeah, well, maybe there's a reason. You know, in case I don't want to speak for you, like my immediate gut reaction is they'll upsell you on the on the DLC, but maybe there's a variety of reasons why that's not gonna work. You know, I think I've been getting more into comic books lately, and uh, the first like trade paperback for you know Saga or whatever, like any any big comic book, is always much cheaper than the other trade paperbacks. Mm -hmm. I'm almost positive they either sell it at cost or sell it at a loss because each person that Mm -hmm. buys Saga Volume One you know, like then they're going to go on to buy the double price, you know, volumes two through eight. Right. And so video games are going to move more and more in that direction where I think, you know, Microsoft is, uh, you know, sort of planted their flag in the ground and said, no, Game Pass is going to be a big deal by day one. All of our first party games are going to be there. But I think you'll see third parties say, no, look, like Mm. our game's not going to be there for 12 months. But when we now, okay, look, it's free on this service now, but here's a way that we can try to extract, you know, some revenue from the person that checks out the game. Like that's interesting. If, if you get a million people playing your game on Game Pass, it's going to drop the same day that the that the DLC drops, and then you have to buy that to play it. Would be yeah. my guess. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. My first reaction was, yeah, I think they they could just stop making DLC uh, altogether and just go back to releasing full games. But yeah, uh, they'll find a way to knock it up. <laughs> I think would you go back to a quarter per game? Yeah. But you just get to play. You don't own the game. You just play, get to play the game every, once. Every time. No, every like, Call of it, Duty death, you have to play yeah, 25 to cents to respawn. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I do. Hunter every day, put, it, uh, put that quarter in. Uh, <laughs> we mentioned, uh, I said last week that, no, yeah, I think play. Game Pass is probably the future of games. And I want to clarify that that's not an endorsement. Like, I'm not saying I think it's a good thing. Hmm. I'm just saying, saying in terms of predicting the outcome, yeah, I think it's very likely that games will move to more of a Netflix-like model for good or bad. And I think it's most likely going to be bad. Well, mm-hmm. we've had we've had PS, uh, PS Now, PlayStation mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. and that service doesn't work very well. Yeah. I've, well heard from, I've heard from friends try to play games and then been unable to continue because the, because you're streaming the game. Yeah. yeah. They get disconnected too often to want to deal with it. Kind of like when I'm trying to watch Hulu and get disconnected and then have to watch all the ads again. Oh, I'm so mad. <laughs> yeah, that is the worst. <laughs> it's the absolute worst. So I just don't use Hulu anymore because I don't want to deal with that anymore. So, yeah. But with the Xbox Games Pass, you can download the game straight Mm-hmm. You download the full mm-hmm. game onto your system, so yeah. you don't have to rely on a connection to be able to keep playing that game, except for the, you know, uh, license. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Damon, I do have to go. I'm sorry to do this to you. All right. Well, good good night and good luck. <laughs> We're gonna do one more question here. Do you want to ask your? You want to ask? Put in a question for uh, twenty questions. I trust Casey to come up with uh, some sort of goofy first question on twenty questions that has nothing to do with anything. Do you want to take okay. a guess at the game? I, <laughs> if you can guess the game, uh, you get a million points right now. Is it uh, what are the po- <laughs> what are the points worth? You get to spend them however you want. Dance the exchange orders. rate between yeah. points and Damon bucks is, is a thousand to one. Depends. Does it uh, show it, your points or does it just represent? I it? think it's Toe Jam and Earl Panic on Funkatron. No, it's not Toe Jam and Earl mm, Panic on Funkatron. We lost Sorry. Tony. No, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's all the scoops we have. <laughs> it also the last thing I want to say is it dawned on me that you've dropped a couple of references to Goose Camp and I think that might be lost. On yeah, K- I have no Casey. idea what that is. It's an anagram for Game Scoop. Oh. Just like Omega Cops. Okay. See you later. Okay. Yeah. Bye.
And just like a, a scoop gem. Uh, all right, one more question here. This is Travis in Florida. He says, what's up, Goose Camp? Been a regular watcher and listener for about three years and always enjoy laughing along while you guys kick it with some video game talk. I'd also like to thank, curse, maybe Justin, for getting me to sink entirely too much time into Stardew Valley. My question is one that deals with the game's audience and player base. For background, I put, I put a little over a thousand hours into Destiny. It scratched an itch I didn't know I had for an MMO light shooter. When the game went through pretty extreme content droughts, why are you laughing, Sam? It's just it's just a, a lot of itch scratching. <laughs> Get that checked out. Uh, when the game went through some pretty extreme content droughts, I, a very dedicated player base stayed attached to the game and became pretty well known as being a friendly, helpful, and fun community to be a part of. There were low points for sure, but overall, Bungie seemed to know what we wanted the game to have in order for it to stay relevant. But with Destiny 2, it seems like Bungie has done a complete 180 and designed a game with a more casual player base in mind. The general consensus in the community is that this, is, this was done to capture a broader and larger player base by making the game more casual friendly. Whether that was indeed Bungie's intention or not will probably never be answered, but it has done one thing for certain. It's left the once-dedicated player base feeling alienated and ignored. Every day it seems a YouTube-slash-Twitch streamer moves on from Destiny as their primary game. With games as a service seemingly becoming a trend, do you think that developers, I know, would be better served catering to a very dedicated but smaller player base in order to keep a game alive for longer periods of time? Or is having an initially high attach rate with possible detach more important? Thanks for all the entertainment and knowledge. I did uh, check in with uh, some of our Destiny experts, like Fran Mirabella III, mm-hmm. and he... Uh, We've had two others. He agreed, yeah. <laughs> it's evolved twice. Uh, he agreed that uh, it feels like they tried to go too casual with uh, with Destiny 2, and it's alienated too part cash. of it. Yeah, with their original player base. So I the like question the, is... I like the, it's kind of a business question. It's like, what should they do? But yeah. It's like, can you imagine being in the boardroom? Like, we're going to aim for a smaller audience. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, your investors want you to aim for a broad audience. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess ideally you'd appeal to a wider audience while also keeping your old player base happy. Yeah, I'm sure they'd a, love good luck to do that. Juggling <laughs> act, yeah. for sure. I think that's what Monster Hunter has That's what I was going to bring up Monster yeah. Hunter. Monster Hunter already has this dedicated player base. Mm-hmm. But it seems like they did try to widen mm-hmm. their net a little bit, and they got me. They yeah. got like people like me, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They so. got a lot of a lot of new people. I have people, friends playing Monster Hunter, like dozens who have never played Monster Hunter before, mm. and they're really liking it and really enjoying it. But they're also playing with a bunch of people who already know everything. Yeah. So. And in this case, but uh, what did Monster <laughs> Hunter sacrifice? Like, what's bad about this game that may have made it more casual? Because the answer could be nothing. Yeah, I don't yeah, think they did. Nothing. Like, a lot of people like to complain about the scout flies, but as you experienced the first time you were trying to track down a monster, it's not easy yeah. mode at all. They weren't so helpful. That's a new, track like, tracking system that helps. It's easier yeah. to find uh, I didn't monsters. realize the scout flies were new. Yeah, the scout, before, they would throw you into a map and say, find this monster, and then you wow. would have nothing. Right. <laughs> literally nothing. You would just explore, and yeah. then eventually you would memorize the monster's patterns, you would mm. memorize where to go, or you'd have a special item you'd bring with you to drink, and then it would show it show you the monster on the map. I like that. So, so <laughs> are peop- are there people out there, and you can write Game Scoop or Camp Goose if you care. Uh, I want to know, like, do people think that Monster Hunter is ruined now because yeah. it has flies and a little bit of tutorials? Yeah, I because that's that that's different, will. right? Yeah, but it doesn't. Different. I don't know. It seems like all the uh, the hardcore Monster Hunter fans still like World, right? Yes, mm-hmm. 
I haven't seen yeah. anyone. In this case, that's a good. It. They solve problems too, yes. right? Like some things are fixed and some mm-hmm. things are improved. That's like the shadow of the classes uh, re- yeah, ratio. It's, it's like just, it fixes problems, mm-hmm. but it's standard. The, the standard quality of it is yes. still there. Yeah. And like I, from what I understand, the standard quality of Destiny took a hit because of yeah. the changes they made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which that's, is a serious problem, and it's hard. Maybe it's hard to anticipate how a community will react. Yeah. But you should be able to know, like, hey, the fun things they liked aren't in the game anymore. Just yeah. from watching my friends play, like when the first Destiny came out, I had a group of friends who were super hardcore into it and they played it for a, a year. Yeah. I don't know. They, they were playing it consistently for almost a year. And Destiny 2 came out and what it came out in what, September? Mm-hmm. And they were done by the end of October yeah. and had moved on to Fortnite and were just like, when is Monster Hunter coming out? They were just done. They didn't want to go back into Destiny I mean, that, 2. And that, that seems to me like there's, difference. there's bigger problems with the game than like, oh, it was made for a casual audience. Yeah. Like maybe maybe decisions on, on a business level are always, first, their businesses are always made that way. Yeah. Every game sequel is made to reach a bigger audience. Mm-hmm. So you can't really blame them for that. But you can blame them for except making a game for, that's not fun. Except for Sinron Kagura. <laughs> the audience is the exact same every single time. Or... um. Uh, what's the Hyrule Warriors ser- series? Dynasty Warriors. Dynasty Warriors. Warriors. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that they, is growing. The draw distance no, is not like better. A, they're dying off. <laughs> a couple the draw distance is better. <laughs> draw distance. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess there's also the fact that Activision Blizzard is a much bigger company than Capcom, right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. they're probably like very, very focused on uh, maximizing the reach of yeah. every big game that they. And now, there's about, one right? other strategy that you can use when you have an audience that loves a game. And that's to keep on selling DLC and small things yeah. mm-hmm. and keeping that dedicated audience in. But they chose to go a different route. They tried to expand the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Is Otherwise, it? you don't need to make a Destiny 2, right? Like the whole idea. Oh, that's that was the whole idea. Yeah. Yeah. When you have a game of service, it yeah. just goes on and yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. funny. So that's really interesting. Yeah. I don't know. It almost seems like Destiny 2 was a misstep, whereas Monster Hunter World is a good example of broadening the reach of your mm-hmm. franchise while keeping the, the dedicated player base happy. Mm-hmm. Right. All right, and that brings us to video game 20 questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Gary in Agora Hills, California. I don't know where I that don't, is. I don't know where that is either, but it is. it's high up. Uh, in the hills? Yeah. <laughs> so what does that tell you? All right, let's we'll figure it out. Are there hill giants? Let the questioning <laughs> begin. Uh, was this game made after the year 2000, AD? Uh, yes. You got to start specifying BCE or AD. Okay, good. Yeah, after 2000 AD, yes. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> if we said if it was after 2000, every game is BCE. BCE. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just we're just we're just joking around, Casey. <laughs> just having fun. we just have. This is not fun. usually how 20 questions. We like to have a little fun around here. Um, is it my job to ask a question that has nothing to do with it? Is there ice cream in it? Um, I can't. I don't know. I can't answer that question. I won't count that one. It could have helped. Bubble Bobble has ice cream in it. Kingdom Hearts has ice cream in it. Good call. Uh, Stardew Valley does. Yeah. All right. I think we got this one. No ice cream. <laughs> maybe ice cream. Maybe ice cream. <laughs> maybe not. Um, do you design your character in this game? No. Do you play as a boy in this game? A human boy. But you're, you're, you're the age, you're uh, specifying the a age? A human male. Human male, yes. Okay. I think. Uh, Definitely a male humanoid. <laughs> How about that? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay. Um, is this game on? Uh, is this game a, a, a console exclusive? Yes. 
think we got this. Is it on a Nintendo console? Yes. That's five. Do you have pointy ears? No. Is it Earthbound? (laughs) (laughs) That would end the game. That would end the game? Okay, never mind. (laughs) Okay. um. And Earthbound came out in 1996, so that that would... Okay, never mind. Um... We can narrow down what uh, what uh, company do you have a do on. you have a care a party? Um, hmm. I never asked that. I I see. I'm aware of this game, but I've never played it myself. But I would guess you probably would. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I don't know. Do you go to a party? <laughs> <laughs> um, is this on a is this a Japanese game? Yes. Was it on a handheld? No. Uh, was this on a Nintendo console? Already asked that one. We did. Mm-hmm. Okay, what was it? Yes. Okay. Um, so Nintendo console uh, after 2000, maybe ice cream. <laughs> yes. I uh, don't know if there's a party and you play as a humanoid. And not handheld. Yep. Japanese developed? Did we do yep. that one? Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, is this published by Nintendo? Yes. What what was the answer to the party question? I couldn't answer it. I don't. I okay, don't know. you don't know. That was a freebie. It was like that's kind of a Pikmin type. Yeah, or like an RPG, like Pokemon Party or Final Fantasy. Or okay, mm-hmm. so is it a single? Well, is it a single player game? Solely a single player or is, game? Is there multiplayer? No. Okay. That's ten. All right. Um, I, I still need to get I think the generation down. Uh, was this uh, on uh, uh, the Wii? No. The Wii U, Switch, or GameCube. Well, we determined... Or Nintendo 64. We determined that Switch is a handheld, so it is not Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So, it has, so was it on the Wii U? No. Wait. Okay, we're just, it, that means it's a GameCube or a Nintendo 64. Okay. No, 64 came out before 2000. Well, well I yeah, guess the game could have come out after that. I think uh, it's a GameCube game. Okay. Well, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> <laughs> well... Published by Nintendo. We should have done pre-2005. That would have helped. Too late for that now. <laughs> it is too late for that now. Is this on GameCube? What no. Okay, so, okay, it's, so it's on the 64. 64. So it's I think a single-player game. You play that really guy. helps us, but we should have gone about it a different way. It's okay. Yes. <laughs> Could be... Uh, well, he doesn't know if there's a party in it, though. But I do know. Humanish Mail. Human-ish. Published by Nintendo. Uh... Do you drive spaceships in this game? I don't think so. No, no spaceships. Say no to that. Or are there spaceships in this game? Wait, no. is there any way also that no. we could be wrong about it being an, an, a late Nintendo 64 game? Yes. <laughs> because it's a console Nintendo game. Mm-hmm. And it's not on Wii, Wii U, or GameCube, but it could still be on Switch. It. We, he said no handheld. Gosh. That was so confusing last week. <laughs> we determined if we ask if it's a handhold, he what says yes, it could be the Switch. Didn't we already have... Okay, so published by Nintendo late 64 is all I have to go on right now, and that's not... A lot. That's not all you have to go on. And it, you I play as a man, a male-made character, a boy, mm-hmm. a, but he keeps saying humanoid, there, which makes me think it's not actually human. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just... I don't know. I don't know. Published by Nintendo makes this really hard, because we have Banjo-Tooie, Conqueror's Bad Fur Day... Those are two uh, late Nintendo 64 games. Uh, Majora's Mask. 
which we already established. There's no pointy ears. Um, uh, what else can we ask to narrow this down? Uh, like genre? Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, this is hard. Here. What happened? <laughs> uh, is this, is this game have sequels? Yes. Okay. 15. Did we narrow it down between 64 and GameCube? No, we, we know it's, he's, it's not GameCube. It's not. Yeah. Oh, so it has to be 64. Yeah. After 2000. So are there Pokemon games from that era? It's like Puzzle know. League. But you play as, you said you play Stadium. as a boy. I, didn't, boy. I, ne- so I never said boy. Male. Oh, a male. A humanoid male. What? <laughs> Is it? Um, I'm wondering. There are no parties. It is. There's oh, no Oh, I never said there's no parties either. Oh. So I don't know. If oh, you don't parties. know. But there is no multiplayer. And it's helpful to know no that Damon wouldn't have played this game. Uh, is, is this, um, does this have realistic graphics? No. Okay. Is it a puzzle game? No. It's not Tetrisphere. <laughs> but it's so, it's 2000s is really weird for what we're talking about here. Um, I don't think we're going to get this. Yeah. Got three questions left. Uh, was this developed? Uh, no, that won't help me. Uh, is this, so it has sequels though. That's, that's yeah. the one crazy thing about mm-hmm. this right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What do we got? Mitch is coming on the God mic asking. Does any question in this game appear in a Smash Brothers? Any character. Any, oh, sorry. Any character in this game appear in Smash Brothers? Yes. So, could it be Smash Brothers? Oh, yeah. Yes. It could be Smash Brothers. Yeah. Oh, no, no. He said no multiplayer. It can't be Smash. Oh, yeah. Um, that's right. So, let's go through the original Smash Brothers characters. You got Zelda characters? Yeah. And this... I don't. I don't think this is Majora's Mask. No, he said no point. You said no pointy ears. That's right. All right. Okay. So, um, there's Ness. Yep, the Earthbound characters. Um, there's Captain Falcon. Mm-hmm. There. Oh, is there an F Zero on this? On on, on the sixty four. Yeah, there is. There is. So it it could. But is there multiplayer? I don't even know. I don't I, I'm sure there. There is, sure. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. there was too. All right. Um, or the Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, this is crazy. This is it's just the year in the system is yeah. really, really Pokemon making Earthbound, F Zero, um, Donkey Kong. Yeah, could it be Donkey Kong? Oh, yeah, Kong there's 64? Donkey Konga or the later Donkey, Donkey Kong Kongo games? was GameCube. The only Donkey Kong are there apes in this or? game? Mm, I don't think so. Okay, but that's 19. That brings us to you. All right, the final question. So, okay, so we're still narrowing down <laughs> what was in the original Smash. And there was Pikachu, Jigglypuff, Link, Captain Falcon, Ness, um, but the, he Donkey said, Kong. But he said any Smash Brothers game, so it stretches out so much further. Oh, no. <laughs> Mitch, no. <laughs> oh, Kirby, you could uh, oh, yeah, Air Kirby, Ride. Oh, well, yeah, Kirby. You could yeah. share your oh, guess. That's, maybe that's why you kept saying humanoid. Yeah. And I don't think a 64 Kirby game. I don't know which Kirby game. Do you guys want to hear Kirby, Mitch's Kirby's, guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could he could let you know his guess and it won't yeah, count. That's fine. Won't okay. Count. Mitch is thinking I'm, sin and punishment. Okay, I'm a, uh, what? I know what sin and punishment is. 
Damon would have played that game and known all the answers to this. <laughs> and it didn't sound like he, he said he wasn't sure if there was a party in it. Yeah. He would have known the answer to that question. So that's really good, good, but that's why I never, didn't think it was sin and punishment. Um, it I'll, could say, be, I'll say this. I'll say this. In, in regards to the party question, mm-hmm. games like this often have parties. I'm just not sure if this one in particular does. Well, that's a huge clue. Yeah. It's not Kirby's Air Ride or Kirby's no. uh, Crystal whatever. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. But, but I 64. I don't know. I never played a Fire Emblem in 64. No, there, I'm sure I they existed. There's like, no, there, there, there's one here from that. The yeah. first one was later. I don't know, guess. man. I don't think we, guess. I don't. Th- I don't have a guess for this. No guess. I have no Should idea. I reveal the answer? Yeah. Sam, you you make a <laughs> make a wild guess, Sam. Okay. Released in 2001. Okay. Paper Mario. Oh. Oh. Paper Mario was a very late N64 game. Oh no. Mm-hmm. There, was there's a, no Paper Mario in. Yeah, that we got, in Smash. Oh, but I think there's, there's Mario. I yeah, guess that's, that, that's a problem. Sorry, yeah. I wasn't trying no, to mislead anybody. No, there. I know. I'm thinking just Mario, of course, of course. That's good. So was that the Thousand Year Door, or was that just Paper? That Mario? That was just Paper Mario. Wow, 2001. Yeah. See, I wouldn't have been Nintendo 64. I can't I thought believe about that. But, I didn't think about it. Yeah, we should have yeah. gone with the Mushroom Kingdom question. That's always a good one. Mm. But is it the yeah. Paper Mushroom Kingdom or not? Yeah, and I don't see. I, I know it's an RPG, but I don't know if you have a party or not. Actually, in yeah, you have Luigi and the Princess with you or something. Like just that. the just mm-hmm. those guys. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. That was a really good suggestion. Yeah, good one. That one came from uh, Gary in Agora Hills, California. Anytime there's uh, it's for a system that's past what you would expect the system's lifetime yeah. to be. Yeah, those late N sixty four games after two thousand are always. Yeah. So that tricky. must have been like the year game because your GameCube came out. GameCube was two thousand two, I think. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah next year. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. Hmm. And your question about a, a human boy, I was like, well, he, he doesn't look human next to the people of New Dog City, so I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, humanoid. Humanoid. Was and then that. the apes in the game. Is, is Donkey Kong in Paper Mario? I don't know. I don't know. No. I asked spaceships because <laughs> I was like, okay, maybe yeah. the Star Fox. Yeah. But no, that no. was too early. Yeah. That one too. That was great. Ah, that was a real head scratcher. Paper Mario, 2000, or yeah, 2001. I got to brush up on my late Nintendo 64 knowledge. I yeah. never thought I would need late Nintendo 64 knowledge. Now you do. <laughs> Here at IGN, you do. All right, that is all of the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you to Justin. Rest in peace. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Casey. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. Uh, I'm going to play some. Uh, I'll see you guys in uh, Monster Hunter this weekend. Yeah. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop. And we're out. Let you down again.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.